So, <clears throat> there's like probably a few pastors, online YouTube pastors that I follow or have followed for a while now. And one thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way is, although that I like them, I notice that they're always preaching uh, saved by, we are saved by faith alone, through grace alone, through Christ alone, which is true, but it's a little deeper than that because these pastors that just emphasize that and they don't talk about anything else, they don't talk about how you can lose your salvation and they just keep hammering in the fact that as long as you believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven. That's where I have a problem with it. And so I want to read this to you. It's from TrustingGodAmerica.com and it's entitled, Once Saved, Always Saved, A Lie. The Churches of Christ Greet You, Romans 16, 16. And this is um, what it says. Many in the de denominational world who are following the false teachings of John Calvin believe that once a person is saved, he can never be lost, or in other words, one can never fall from grace. Does the Bible really teach this doctrine? No, the Bible does not teach this false doctrine. Please read the context of each of the below passages in your Bible. The Bible plainly teaches that a child of God can so sin as to be eternally lost because sin can cause one to fall into condemnation. James 5.12 Judas, a chosen apostle of Christ, by transgression fell. Acts 1.25 the Apostle Paul said it was possible for he himself to be a castaway, so to prevent it, he buffeted his body. 1 Corinthians 9.27 Christians can so sin as to be eternally lost because they can become so entangled in sin that the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. 2 Peter 2.20-22 The church at Ephesus had fallen and was in danger of losing its candlestick. Revelation 2.5 A child of God can be lost because he can lie and die in that sin. Acts 5.1-11 The fate of those who die in that condition is seen in Revelation 21.8 All liars shall have their part in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Friends, the Holy Spirit says that some Christians shall depart from the faith. 1 Timothy 4. 1 through 3. An evil heart of unbelief can cause them to depart. Hebrews 3.12. Those who depart will have damnation. 1 Timothy 5.12. And be delivered onto Satan. 1 Timothy 1.19-20. The Galatians were told that they had fallen from grace by attempting to be justified by the law of Moses. Galatians 5.4. Thus, not only is it possible for Christians to fall from grace, but in this instant, it actually happened. Even so, the false teachers say it is impossible. Note this undeniable syllogism. Man is saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8 A Christian may fall from grace. Galatians 5.4 Therefore, a Christian may be lost eternally. 2 Peter 1.10 Declares there are things for the Christian to do to keep from falling. Verses 5 through 9. This unmistakably implies that if one does not do these things, he will fall. Paul admonished the Corinthian Christians to take heed lest they fall. 
1 Corinthians 10.12 If one cannot fall, why was this command given? The parable of the sower emphatically refutes the false doctrine of once saved, always saved. Read Matthew chapter 13 verses 3 through 8 and verses 18 through 23. And Luke chapter 8 verses 4 through 15. The stony and thorny ground Christians believed for a while, but due to sin they failed to produce fruit. Their appointed lot is to be cast into the fire. Matthew 7, 19. The parable of the vine and the branches is more proof that a branch in the vine of a Christian can be burned. John 15, verses 1 through 6. We also learn from the parable of the talents that a servant of the Lord can be lost. Matthew 25, verses 24 through 30. Jesus even said that his angels would gather certain ones out of his kingdom and cast them into the furnace of fire. Matthew Chapter 13, verses 41 and 42. Loved ones, the false doctrine that a child of God cannot so sin as to be eternally lost began in the mind of Satan. He is the author of it and first preached it to Adam and Eve in the garden. Read Genesis chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. In current language, Satan was saying, You shall not be condemned because you are a child of God, and it is impossible for you to fall and be lost. Many more passages could be cited which plainly teach that a saved soul can be lost. Please read Hebrews 4.11, chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, chapter 12, verse 15, 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 17, James, chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, Matthew, chapter 25, verses 41 through 46, Luke, chapter 9, verse 62, and Galatians, chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. But think about this. If a child of God cannot be lost, the devil is a fool. He has been laboring for about 6,000 years to damn the souls of the children of God. And if he has never succeeded in damning the soul of even one child of God, he is a simpleton for continuing. Those who teach the false doctrine of once saved, always saved are confused about the following scriptures. John 5.24, Romans 8.35-39, 1 John 3.9, Romans 7, 15 through 25, 1 Corinthians 3, 15, 10, 13, and John 10, 27 through 28. We therefore will now shed a little light on those passages. John 5, 24 is used by false teachers for the once saved, always saved doctrine to prove that Christians have eternal life now, and hence it is impossible for them to be lost. However, a close study of this passage reveals that Jesus carried himself forward to the judgment day and spoke those words as if it were present. Matthew 26, 28. The New Testament teaches in many places that the Christian does not now have eternal life in actuality. Matthew 25, 46. Romans 2, 6 through 7, 6, 22, chapter 8, verses 24 through 25. The Christian has eternal life now only in promise, 1 John 2.25, and hope, Titus 1.2. Eternal life in actuality is to be received in the world to come, Mark 10.30. Remember one passage of scripture never contradicts another. Romans 8.35-39 simply teaches that, External things cannot separate us from the love of God. However, the Bible plainly teaches that we can separate ourselves from the love of God. John 15, 9-10 and Jude 21.
The fact that God loves man is no proof of man's eternal salvation. For God loves the whole world, John 3, 16, yet most of the world will be lost, Matthew 7, 13 through 14. In 1 John 3, 9, John is not teaching that it is impossible for a Christian to ever sin because he teaches in other plain verses that he can. 1 John 1, 8 through 9 and chapter 2, verse 1. The person who places an interpretation of one passage that contradicts other plain passages has surely misinterpreted it. John is saying that the Christian will not sin habitually, Greek present tense, because his seed remaineth in him. The seed is the word of God, Luke 8.11. The word when adhered to will not allow a life of habitual sin, Psalms 119.11. Remember, unrepented sin will result in death, 1 John 5.16. So Christian can sin as to be lost. So a Christian can so sin as to be lost. James uh, chapter 5 verses 19 through 20. Romans 7, 15, 25 is used by false teachers in the effort to prove that it is the body of the Christian which sins and not his spirit. If so, they reason. And if what a man sows, he shall reap. Galatians 6, 6, 7. Then his body will be cast into hell while his spirit will go to heaven. Absurd. The truth of the matter is as follows. The spirit of man lets sin reign in the body. Romans 6.12 It is the spirit instead of the body that knows. 1 Corinthians 2.11 Some sins are committed to gratify the flesh, but they are first committed in the heart and proceed from the heart. Mark 7.21-23 Thus the soul of man can be lost. Matthew 16.26 The work which may be burned in 1 Corinthians 3.15 are the people converted by the teacher. This would be a loss, but the teacher himself could still be saved. The Corinthians were Paul's work, and he feared that some might be lost. Thus, this verse disproves rather than proves the impossibility of apostasy. We learn from 1 Corinthians 10.13 that God is faithful to make an opportunity of escape for the Christian, but the Christian must seize the opportunity or he will fall. For the preceding verse says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Alright, so sorry, I had an interruption. So, we learn from 1 Corinthians 10.13 that God is faithful to make an opportunity of escape for the Christian, but the Christian must seize the opportunity or he will fall. For the preceding verse says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. The promises contained in John 10.27-28 are conditional and dependent upon the person following Christ. They follow me. Jesus teaches in the 12th verse of this chapter that the sheep can be caught and scattered. Friends, after being born into the family of God, John 3, 3, 5, a child of God can so conduct himself as to forfeit all privileges and blessings pertaining to sonship. This is illustrated in the story of the prodigal son, Luke 15, 11, 32. The younger son became lost when he despised his sonship and wasted his substance and riots his living, yet he was still his son. When he repented and returned home, all the blessings of sonship were restored to him. But he would have remained a lost son if he had died in his impenitent sin, which means unrepentant sin, sin that, you know, he didn't try to, he didn't try to change his ways. The conclusion is to become a Christian, one must hear the word of God, Romans 10:17, believe with all his heart, Romans 10:9:10, 10, 10, confess Christ as the Son of God, Matt 10:32-33, and repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Acts 2.38.
The person who obeys these commands becomes a Christian. He then must continue to walk in the light. 1 John 1, 7. Or be faithful unto death. Revelations 2, 10. And then he will receive, receive the crown of life. So, with that said, I just want to say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you said when two or more are gathered in your name that you are present. I come before your courts today with praise and thanksgiving and just thank you for another day to give us a chance to not be lukewarm Christians, to correct mistakes that we have made, to repent. We're thankful that we have another chance to repent and we're thankful that you've given us an opportunity to become aware that the once saved, always saved doctrine is false. It is the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and that is the doctrine that you hated. And we just pray, Lord, that um, that you keep us equipped with the full armor of God, starting with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet of peace, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the garments of vengeance, the cloak of zeal, and the bond of perfectness, Lord. And... Uh, we just cherish and praise you, Lord. We just thank you that you're holding our hand throughout this whole life and that you're always there and you're so quick to forgive us. And we just pray that there's just more information out there being directed into our direction, Lord. We just pray that every single day, Lord, all day long, that you just feed us these breadcrumbs and these nuggets to to keep us on the path, Lord, to keep us focused on you. And we know that you always provide a way of escape for us, and we thank you for that. We just pray that you make that that doorway of escape, that way of escape more prevalent and, and more obvious. And if you have to, Lord, just take control and just take us out of these situations, Lord, because unfortunately, Lord, we're just not that intelligent. And, and even if we do recognize that we somehow always fall back into sin lord and we just pray that that you forgive us right now lord in jesus name please lord just forgive us of all of our sins past present and future both known and unknown please forgive us for idle talking and idle chatter please forgive us for engaging in in worldly conversations and and co-signing worldly conversations by agreeing and continue to talk or for for we just ask for forgiveness for for um, not having the the heart or the courage to break out of these conversations, Lord, or, and to, to break out of these situations or to break away from friends or family members or co-workers, Lord, that, that pull us into these, these gossiping and idle worldly conversations, Lord. We just ask for forgiveness, Lord. We, we don't want to disrespect you. Or, um, you know, offend you in any type of way, Lord. So we just pray that you help us guard our tongue, that you help us to think uh, clean thoughts, that you help us to to only listen and, and, and watch and focus on things that are pure of the kingdom, Lord. And we just pray that in our downtime, Lord, that you direct us away from distracting worldly things like you know, social media posts or um, wrong television programming or wrong movies, Lord, and that you direct us and, and remind us that we, 
should watch and, and listen to things as if you were present because you are present, Lord. We don't want to offend you. We don't want to offend the Holy Spirit. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit and and cause the Holy Spirit to flee our temple, which is our body. So we just ask that you help us to stay in a purified, holy, and righteous state, that you continue to help us to walk in the light, Lord. And we just pray that you don't let us die in our sin, Lord. If, if anything, Lord, whenever that last moment is, whenever we draw our last breath, Lord, we just ask you, Lord, that that it is, is when we're on good terms with you, Lord, when we've after we've said our prayers and asked for complete forgiveness and made peace with you, Lord, and peace with anybody in the world, Lord, and if there's anybody, Lord, that we haven't completely forgiven or if there's any bitterness, hatred, anger, or resentment in our hearts toward anybody in our family or friends or co-workers or colleagues or people like our neighbors or people at stores or restaurants or places that we frequently visit, Lord, we just ask that you detach that from our mind, that you you help us to forgive them or bring it to our remembrance so we can ask for forgiveness. But we do ask that you detach us from, from everybody's minds that may think um, ill thoughts or wrongful thoughts towards us. And we just also ask that you detach them from our minds so we don't think anything negatively towards our brothers and sisters, Lord. And, um, Lord, we just also pray that anything that we forgot to pray for, Lord, that you include that in this prayer um, telepathically or subconsciously or just, you know, you know, between us, Lord, and our personal relationship with you. We just want to develop a better relationship with you, Lord. And we just pray that um, you continue to be patient, merciful with us, Lord. And we also pray that you're able to reach out to our family members and our friends and, you know, people in our lives that are not receiving uh, the gospel right now, Lord. So we just pray for that. We just pray that you protect us, that you guide us, that you continue to, to work with us, Lord, and just continue to send us the information that we need. And we just pray that you soften our hearts and open our spiritual eyesight. And that we pray that your voice is louder in our minds and our spirit, Lord. And, and, and that the Holy Spirit is uh, more prevalent in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' heavenly name we pray. Amen.